Hello, and welcome to Online and Inspired, a weekly podcast for educators, parents, and those leading the way in the future of learning. I'm Emily Smith, founder and CEO of Teleteachers. And I'm Marissa Rothermel, special education teacher extraordinaire, or mama, as my daughter calls me. We are on a mission to live inspired always and talk about our jobs as education innovators, AKA modern day educators, navigating all the things. We are here as pioneers in online education, firmly set in our beliefs in equality, equity, and balance in all things. We are proud educators, proud parents, and we are here with you every week to talk about how we embrace it all, from ed tech news to uh-ohs and boo-boos. Thank you for listening today. Please be sure to subscribe. In everything we do, we strive to bring levity to the conversation. If you're not leaving this podcast with the same feeling you leave the workroom after some juicy conversation we all love, we're doing something wrong. We're moving that water cooler banter online. So let's get to chatting. Are you ready, Marissa? I'm ready, Emily. I'm caffeinated and committed. Let's talk online and inspired. Good morning. It is May 9th, 2022, and this is Online and Inspired. This is Marissa Rothermel flying solo with you today and sitting outside enjoying an oddly calm, oddly cool day in Charleston, South Carolina. Hopefully there won't be too many dogs or birds interrupting our podcast today. I'm flying solo today because Emily is unfortunately affected by the plague. That's a small exaggeration, but she is without a continual talking voice thanks to this ongoing preschool plague that she's had for the last couple weeks. So you're stuck with me, listeners, and I appreciate you being here. We will have a guest joining us shortly, as we often do. So I wanted to ask you today, and I'll tell you about mine, how was your Mother's Day? If this applies to you, if you are a mother, if you celebrated with a mother, if you were missing a mother that is no longer with us. I hope that it was a wonderful Sunday for everyone. Mine was quite wonderful. We uh, actually did some touristy things. Uh, If you are new to listening to us, I recently moved from Albany, New York to Charleston, South Carolina. And there are a few bucket list items before the the real tourist season hits that I wanted to check off. And one of those was going down and seeing the Waterfront Park Pineapple Fountain. Uh, That is just going to an iconic Charleston landmark uh, that you can go stand in, splash in, get your picture taken by. And I will tell you, this was not a unique idea. I showed up uh, with my family and there were several people all doing the exact same thing that we did, but we did get our photo. It was wonderful and kind of even more appropriate uh, is that my daughter, Nora, was solidly scowling in this photo absolutely scowling, brow furrowed, looking angry. And I think that really summarizes where we are developmentally. We have hit, you know, while she's 19 months, we've really entered the terrible two phases. Um, this is this is a fun and exciting and oddly familiar time to me because while she is my first child, uh, I have taught preschool and early elementary special education for a long time. And this is the time where language is developing. And with language development comes behaviors because of just, you know, frustration that we can't communicate what we want, right? So, you know, she's picking up words. Her favorite phrase right now is no mommy. And uh, 
just actually just the word no in general, if I'm honest with you. And so if I tell her no, she's going to yell no back at me. And part of our magical Mother's Day yesterday was a breakdown in the farmer's market, a breakdown in uh, walking around downtown. And that breakdown was actually quite funny because we took a photo of it. She's become the queen of going boneless. If you've ever read the Mo Willems book, Nuffle Bunny, there is, which is an awesome book. If you've never read it, I highly recommend that you do pick up a copy. It's got scenes, uh, actual photographs of around New York City that they then overlaid cartoon characters on and to tell this story of Nuffle Bunny, which is uh, Mo Willems' daughter's Trixie's stuffed rabbit and what happens when Nuffle Bunny goes missing. Anyway, because Trixie was unable to communicate in this book that her rabbit had been lost, she uh, she throws tantrums, she's screaming, etc. And one of the lines in there is, she goes boneless. And if you have ever been with a tantruming toddler, you know exactly what going boneless is. And I think that really summarized our Mother's Day experience downtown because Nora really unlocked that achievement yesterday. She she is queen of going boneless. And we have a, a very uh, tired looking mom, myself, holding her walking down the streets uh, while she is in full flail boneless mode because I would not allow her to open up the doors and gates to every single property that we walked by. How absolutely unfair of me. But truly, it was lovely. I was so grateful to be able to celebrate it with my husband and my daughter. And I do hope that you had a wonderful Mother's Day as well. With that, we uh, I will come back to this after after our guest speaker today. Uh, today, we're going to have Michael Hawkins of Netizen Corps coming on today to talk about cybersecurity and startup life and living inspired. And I'm going to admit him just now. Here we go. All right. Welcome, Mike or Michael Hawkins of Netizen uh, Corps. How are you this morning? I'm great. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Great. I'm so glad you could join us. Uh, you are kind of a rock star in the startup world. And <laughs> holy cow. I mean, I go on your LinkedIn and I'm automatically intimidated, which makes me not even want to create a LinkedIn profile because I can't live up to what you've done. Like, holy cow. <laughs> no, can, that's... <laughs> can you tell us what it is you do, how you've kind of uh, set this this startup dream uh, for for everybody here? What is Netizen sure. Core? How did you get here? Sure, absolutely. So I'm, like you said, I'm Mike Hawkins. I'm the founder and CEO of Netizen Corporation. Um, it's a cybersecurity company I founded back in 2013, uh, and we primarily service the federal government and defense sector, uh, but we also have a lot of commercial and state clients, things like that. And uh, it's being having my own business and doing things like this is something I've always wanted since I was about 15 years old. It's always been a lifelong aspiration of mine. It's always something I've continuously worked towards in every single thing I've ever done from the military to my career, to my after military, to my education. Uh, everything has sort of been a stepping stone to this. 
And then once I started and that is in about 2013, a couple of years, you know, slogging through the trenches, doing the grind, uh, trying to get things off the ground, it just kind of exploded. Uh, we eventually became about the 47th fastest growing private company in the nation. Uh, we have offices now in Orlando, Florida, Charleston, South Carolina, Arlington, Virginia, and our headquarters here where I am up in Allentown, Pennsylvania. Uh, so it was it was a 20 year process, 25 year process to get here, but it it's worth it. What the people at home can't see right now is just how young Michael is. Mike, I don't think you've even hit 40 and you're talking about having worked on this for 20 years. I, that's that's yep. incredible. I'm sitting here trying to do math, you know, starting this almost 10 years ago, this company and just, wow, what success you've had. What do you, you know, what, what, what is it you physically do? I mean, I, you're, you're government, so I understand if you can't yep. say too much, but uh, what what is it? You're online, you're security, you're... Yep. protecting the people from like bad www sites or or what's Based, what's your life so a lot of it is us assessing systems to make sure that they're secure there's no security holes in them uh you think of us kind of like police for the internet essentially where we're going around or security guards i guess uh, i like police better but uh <laughs> we kind of go around and make sure there's no holes in anything that people are secure uh that we actually get paid to break things and to hack people to determine oh, how yeah it's it is fun i mean we literally we get these little get out of jail free cards sometimes and we go to a site and we actually try to impersonate people and walk in and try to get access to their stuff and we actually get paid to be a criminal in, in a that's lot of ways amazing. uh it's that's the fun part yeah and and we do that for a lot of these agencies we've done it we've done it for the irs we've done it for department of veterans affairs the u.s army u.s navy and we support a lot of programs doing that kind of stuff um uh, we've even done some overseas work doing those kinds of things and and that, i mean that's the fun part of it a lot of the the droning kind of part of it is there's a lot of paperwork there's a lot of assessment and saying okay here's your hole here's how you fix it we'll help you and we monitor stuff 24 7 so we're constantly monitoring systems to make sure that nobody's breaking in we're like uh we're like the adp the alarm company for a lot of these companies out there say hey you know somebody from russia is knocking at your door trying to get in uh we're going to stop them for you don't worry about it it's taken care of kind of thing so if you if you were, you know, dreaming this up at 13, 15 years old, I mean, were you just like that, that incredible like hacker kid? Is that what you decided? <laughs> you said, I'm going to take over the world. I'm going to build this Internet safety protocol because I figured out how to crack it myself at, you know, the ripe age of early teens. As I'm sure my mother can attest, I, I wasn't. <laughs> Uh, I, w I was kind of like a, a, not a bad kid, but you know, I, I had my ways about me. So I, I used to kind of hack my friends for fun. Uh, I'd impersonate things, try to get into their email accounts, things like that. Some of them I don't think ever really knew, but, uh, you know, I, <laughs> I, I kind of I, I do those kinds of things. And I taught myself how to code back when, you know, in the late 90s, when I was like 15, 16 years old, uh, I really got into the software aspect of things and building tools to do that kind of stuff and building websites. Uh, and, and that really started my passion that really just ignited the flame. And I mean, back then, it was just kind of fun messing around with my friends. And, you know, 20 years later, I turned it into a career. So yeah, yeah I should say a very, very lucrative career at that. So congratulations to you. That's yeah, thank you. absolutely incredible. And thank goodness, you know, like Amazon wasn't so much of a thing for your, your mother's sake at that time, because you definitely <laughs> would have found her, her credit card information and gotten on there, ordered everything you want. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. I, I wasn't quite that bad, but yeah, I did. I, yeah, I was mischievous, I guess you could call me yes, online. Yeah. Yes, yeah. but at least know what uh, <laughs> holiday presents were coming down the pike, perhaps. <laughs> that, yeah, that I could do, yeah. Yeah, easily. <laughs> yeah. 
Easily. All right. So not only are you, you know, like 40 under 40, uh, you know, rock star startup guy, you're also a dad, right? Correct. Yep. So that's pretty awesome. Uh, So between, you know, keeping Russia out of our cyberspace or China or, you know, all of these people and dadding, how do you maintain a work-life balance? Uh, Work-life balance is tough. Uh, In in the first couple of years starting a company, it's, it's an 80 hour week grind. And yeah, I thought, I thought life had to be like that. And I thought that would be my life for the rest of my life. And a lot of my personal relationships suffered because of that. Um, But then I, as I matured and as the company grew, I kind of realized that uh, for me, at least, is finding the right people, hiring the right people and trusting the right people, putting Mm -hmm. good people around you that you can rely on. And it takes some of that burden off of you, allows you to step back and, you know, you can focus on bigger picture stuff at the same time, but you can actually focus on more personal stuff as well. Um, So, yeah, it really comes down to the people you put around you that you can rely on, that you can trust to do the work effectively and properly and that has provided me with the work-life balance. And it's only something I've learned in the past couple of years. Prior to that, you know, I was really burning myself out, but I've, I've grown a lot since then. That's wonderful. That is awesome. And that's it. You know, you need your network. You know, they say it takes mm-hmm. a village to raise a child, but really it takes a right. village to enjoy life. Is that what I'm realizing at the more, the, the older I get, it's like, no, you know, life is really about those that you fill you fill your time with it, you fill your experiences with, and, you know, they allow you, you know, they're there for you if you need help and they're, they allow you to breathe and just to kind of enjoy, enjoy all of the pieces of your life. I can completely relate to, you know, while I don't have a successful startup behind me, I definitely have been a teacher. And I know there are so many teachers out there that can relate to that, you know, 60, 80 hours a week, you can't sleep because you're thinking about a kid in your class or you're thinking about, a project or a test that you're planning or something like that. And that you never turn off your brain. You never get to yep. uh, be able to do that relaxation. So I'm so glad that you have found that work-life balance. And I know you personally, and I've had the opportunity to see some pretty great adventures coming out of you uh, fairly yeah. recently. I, I, I can think of a waterfall photo. Pretty cool. So I know you've traveled. I'm a little <laughs> yep, jealous yep. about that. Yeah. Good for you. <laughs> That's that's the other part of it. I've I've started. I've gotten out more. I put myself out there more. Gotten travel more. Things that I would never consider doing before because I have the right people in place. I'm able to do now. So yeah. Yes. And that's that's such a huge huge part of it is to build your network. You know, both personally and professionally. That's fantastic. Yeah. So I guess kind of related to that, how do you live inspired? You're talking about you know these changes you've made in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm seeing here a great big smile on your face. How yeah. what is inspiring you? How are you living inspired these days? Uh, for me, I, I, it's always been a passion of mine for continuous growth, continuous education. Uh, so th- there's really two parts I could answer to this. There's a professional mm-hmm. part and a personal part. For me, the personal part is, yeah, the personal part is really the, the continuous growth. It's something that I drive into the, the people that I work with, and it's something that I've done in my entire life, and it's something – I don't care what it is. I want to learn it. You know, I want to keep going. I want to learn the next thing. I want to move on to the next thing. I want to, I want to grow as a person and not necessarily just in one field. Like for instance, I'm getting, you know, working on my pilot's license now and things like that. Uh, and, and that's what keeps me going. That's what keeps me motivated. That's what keeps everything fresh. Uh, it, it just, I have to feel like I'm constantly learning, constantly evolving. I, I don't ever want to slow down. And, you know, it's, it's kind of like a lot of people are like, oh, re- I retire. I'm going to sit on a beach. My perfect retirement is being able to sit around and, and read and do what I like. And, and not, and what I like is the, 
you know, experimenting with things and being able to, you know, go out and code if I want to, and the freedom to be able to learn and grow professionally. A very uh, good friend of mine goes on vacation and will sit on the beach and code. And I, he, I, that's he, my dream. Yep. He loves it. He goes, <laughs> no, leave me here with my yep. laptop. Like you guys go do your adventure, but leave me here with my laptop and my sun hat. And like, this is my perfect relaxation yep. state. And I said, Hey, do you? <laughs> It's, it's so. like, it debugs the brain. It just clears everything out. Like coding gets you into that zone. Like I played sports and that it's equivalent to like being in that zone when you're in a sport and you just, it just clears everything. It's like meditation in a lot of yeah. ways. And I, I, that's what I love. I love learning things like that and doing things like that, growing like that. That wonderful uh, focus. Yeah. Yeah. Um, on a professional side, there's a, there's a mantra I use at the company and it's I, I ingrain it in everybody that comes on board here um and it's called give first and give give always it's something i learned at a goldman sachs event ironically for veteran entrepreneurs that i i went to uh, back in 2015 ish and basically they, they were talking about give first and give always uh, and it means you know give up yourself te- give your knowledge teach people uh do things like that to continuously just put yourself out there uh, with no expectation to return, just do it. Uh, so, so I teach at colleges now because of that. I give out freely information. I even teach people that have become competitors how to do certain things. And it's just because it's you, you give first, and you don't have to expect a return or anything like that. But the universe kind of returns it to you eventually. Um, and, and it just it always seems to work out. And you know things don't always go so great, and this and that. And then somebody will pop up and say, "Hey, I got this thing for you. You did this for me five years ago. I'll never forget it. Thank you so much. And I'm going to help you out now. And you know, so give first, give always. You never know when it's going to be returned to you. And that's that's been huge in my life, uh, at least professionally as well. Yeah, I I love that. I have never heard that phrasing before, but it is definitely the perfect synopsis of how I try to live my life. Is that you know what? I, I always call it the why not? Like, why wouldn't mm-hmm. I help somebody right now? Why Correct. wouldn't I yep. provide them? Like, why why not? And, you know, it's the same way I raise my daughter. It's like, well, why can't she do that right now? Is there really a reason that she can't? It's the why not, you know? So yep. I always kind of check myself and say, okay, well, why why wouldn't I? And so, you know, it's, I like yours is a lot better. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I got it from someone else, so I can't take full credit for it, but I do, I can, I can attest to how well it works. And um, just, you know, you walk up to somebody you just met and say, Hey, you know, I heard about this opportunity. So-and-so is having, you know, this guy's starting up a company and he needs help. And you put two and two together, you can become the connector. And then, you know, five years later, it pays off, you know, something else happens. It does. It all comes back to you. If you put good out in the world, it does find its way back to you 100%. Exactly. I believe that exactly. wholeheartedly. And sometimes it's not pretty in the meantime. No. There no, have been it, lots of bumps. <laughs> it, it, it can really test, uh, test your patience and test your fortitude. Uh, yes. But you just you keep pushing through and eventually it comes back to you tenfold. It does. I love it. I love I love the yeah. outlook you have on life. I love the smile on your face. It's fantastic. Thanks. You know, you are truly an inspiration. All right. So you're in internet security for our uh, listeners out there who, you know, are still kind of figuring out the internet and, you know, maybe Mm -hmm. what a podcast is and they've stumbled upon ours. Let's give them a tidbit. Like what's, what's a tip for the at home person for, I don't know, secure browsing or, or give us, give us a tidbit. (laughs) I'll tell you this. um, The number one thing you can do is called multi-factor authentication. Uh, and it sounds complex, but it's actually quite easy and you already do it. I guarantee it uh, for multiple things. And uh, it's basically where you log in, you get a text message with a code and you do things like that. 
Uh, as simple as that is, that prevents so many breaches and people don't put it on their personal email thinking, oh, there's nothing in there that can be stolen. But these hackers are using that as a way to get to your friends, get from mm-hmm. your friends to their companies that they work for. And they use it as a, as a beachhead, basically, in, in military terms to mm-hmm. kind of get into other places. So that multi-factor authentication, use it wherever it's available, even on social media, Facebook, everything, use it wherever you possibly can and everywhere. Uh, that's crucial. That alone can prevent so many breaches uh, because about 80% of attacks come through what's called phishing, which is basically yeah. those spam email messages that you get. It's mm-hmm. phishing with a PH. And they're basically, they want you to click the link, provide your pass, your password, all that stuff. Even if you get scammed by one of those, provide your password, that person is not going to have the code that's going to your phone. So they still can't get in. Oh, uh, so it can, it can prevent a lot of issues that could prevent probably 80, 90% of the breaches that are happening in the world. Uh, a lot of people think all these hackers are, you know, sitting behind a terminal, writing all this code and stuff like that. <laughs> Only the most determined are 95% of hackers. <laughs> <The> startups. <laughs> exactly. 95% of hackers are, are like some 14 year old in, in Russia or North Korea or something like that. That's just sending out blasts of emails, trying to get people to click on a link. That's, um, that's as simple as it is. Yeah. That it's, is it's, amazing. So they yeah. were, the, they're the 14 year old versions of you only, you know, you weren't doing <laughs> I, it with malicious intent. <laughs> right. I, I wasn't doing it to the general population. Yeah, right, exactly. Right. I was, just, I was targeting a few, just my friends. <laughs> yeah. Back in the days of hotmail and stuff like that. I'd send uh, them emails. Good time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So how would, okay. So Facebook's got it. Um, you know, third party authentication. I think Gmail's mm-hmm. got it. You know, what, yep. how can you, are there sites out there that would provide this provide kind of this encryption service for, you know, something, uh, a program or a a website that doesn't have it that you might have to log on? Do you know any about any of those? So there's a a lot of sites, most sites do have it now. It's it's pretty much a requirement across the board. Uh, There's a couple apps that really help make it easier. There's apps uh, called, they give you what are called OTPs or one-time passwords Mm. that make it even easier so you don't have to have text message. Uh, There's Microsoft Authenticator, there's Google Authenticator, there are apps you can download and they give you a little code that you enter in uh, stuff that, you know, spies used to use 30, 40 years ago to have little code that they'd entered in to get some. Um, you can now have on your mobile device and you get these apps, you download them, you enter a code, you get in. And that's, that's an easier way around some of these things. Uh, but for the most part, you're pretty reliant on a lot of these sites to have that implemented already. But mm-hmm. the good part is almost all of them do. Um, okay. All the important, all the important ones do anyway, the banks, the social media sites, the email, all of them have it implemented. You just have to turn it on. Uh, the key is turn it on. Make sure it's turned on. <laughs> when they ask, do you want to turn this on? You say yes. And that is our advice yes. today. <laughs> yes. Unequivocally. If you want multi-factor, and they're going to keep prompting you too, because they know how important it is. Just right. turn it on. Yeah. That's funny. And you know, it's really wonderful until you want to share your information with somebody and they're like, wait, wait, check your phone so I can get the code. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've, I've only run into that once or twice, but it does make me laugh yeah. whenever it happens. Like good work. You've got good security. <laughs> yes. Also, I can't access this at all. Anyway. Yeah. Um, yep. All right. So you've told us about how you live inspired. So let's talk about one book and one movie recommendation. I did preset you. So what have you got for us today? One book, one movie. So the book and the movie don't really have to do with my industry or field That's really fine. at all. And uh, so the, the book is, so it's going to sound weird, uh, but one of the best books I've ever read uh, was How to Win, Flen- Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. Uh, written in like nineteen, that. Written in like 1936. Uh, it applies so much today. And the title belies 
the content of the book so much. It really sounds so cheesy. And it's like, why would I read? I don't, I don't need to make friends and all this stuff, but it shows you how to interact, especially for an introvert like me. <laughs> it shows you how, you know, a simple smile in a social situation saying certain things a certain way can, you know, be perceived differently by people and that can change their attitude and their perception of you. Um, and that's helped me a lot, not in, in business, especially, mm-hmm. you know, um, uh, it, it has a sales concept where it's great for sales and things like that, but just personal relationships, it's helped me out tremendously. It's helped me understand things better from other people's perspectives. And it's kind of timeless knowledge. It's really timeless. Uh, even though the book was written in like 1936, it applies today as much as ever. And I've read that book probably three or four times and highly, highly recommend it for anybody. And it doesn't really apply to any industry. It's just general knowledge. And it's it's great. I very much recommend it. Well, you know, it's really funny that you say that because, you know, uh, the biggest question that I've been asked personally since moving down here is how do you already have a network? I've yes. lived here for yep. three weeks and how do I already have a network? Well, you know, I put myself out there and mm-hmm. I start the, I'm, I'm an extrovert. And so I will put myself out there and I will, I will start those conversations. But the funny part is, is the people I'm collecting in my network are more introverts and they're, yes. <laughs> they're yeah. saying, oh, well, I really liked how easy you made it for me yep. because I wanted to put myself out there. I didn't really know how, but now we have these great connections. So it's, it, you know, kind of understanding those pieces about what a smile can do or about, you know, just your body language and all that, which yep. it sounds like is in this book. Uh, it is be yeah. very, very helpful, especially in today's world where we're all coming out of a pandemic. I think we forgot to like how to people, mm-hmm. some of us, you know, I know yes. my people skills tanked or I somehow got more overconfident. So I'm sorry, world. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So, yeah, I think that, you know, maybe maybe a universal read for everybody coming out of this this 2020 pandemic and in a very technology centered world is like, let's get back to the basics of person to person interaction. So cool recommendation. Yeah. I like that. How about yeah. a movie? So one of my favorite movies is actually has nothing to do with the industry again. And it's it's the big short. I don't know if you ever heard of it. I uh, did. Is it that... came out in about it's about the 2008 financial crisis. It has Steve Carell in it. Yeah. Uh, Brad Pitt. yeah. yeah. So. It's it's about, you know, the the irrational exuberance and the hubris that led up to the financial crash. And it's kind of humorous in a way, but it's actually very, very accurate. Uh, I, I love that movie. And <laughs> it just, you know, having having lived through 2008 and having owned real estate in 2008, Ooh. you're like, OK, this impacts me kind of personally. So I know how this was. And I get to see behind the scenes of what was going on on Wall Street when all these, you know, houses and banks were going belly up. Um, And it's just very interesting to me. I've always had an interest in kind of finance and financial technology and things. And uh, that movie I watched probably, (laughs) probably 40 times. Oh my Uh, goodness. (laughs) I just, I I, I like that movie for some reason. It's, I'm a documentary guy, Mm -hmm. uh, not really into a lot of, you know, longer fantasy type movies, but uh, the, the documentary style of it, but it's also very entertaining at the same time. Uh, they explain things really well. Uh, I thought it was a very great, it was a great movie. Yeah. Yeah. I I recall seeing it probably when it came out some period of time ago and I had a roughly zero real estate knowledge at that time, but I walked away saying, oh, I get it a little bit more now. (laughs) (laughs) The housing market is broken and I understand a little bit more. I'll have to give that one a rewatch, but I did. I, I remember enjoying it. 
Um, that's fun. That's a lot of fun. Uh, 30 or 40 times. You must really like the movie. The only people that I know that have watched a movie like that is like princess bride fans. That's the only thing that I can compare it to. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't know what it is. It's just, it's, they, they talk about Michael Burry, who is, who is on the autism spectrum and how he predicted all of this. And people thought he was nuts because he was losing hundreds of millions of dollars betting against the housing market. People thought he was just crazy. They were suing him and everything. And he came out he he came out a billionaire basically okay. um uh, betting against the housing market and now he the, the the ironic part of the whole thing is now he's investing in a sole resource that he thinks is going to be the most scarce going forward and that's fresh water uh, oh that's terrifying oh yeah. boy the, the guy that bet <laughs> against the housing market is now investing in what he, he says is going to be the most uh, one of the more scarce resources going forward into the future is fresh water and he's investing oh, in that boy Okay. Yeah. Well, there's your insider business tip, guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hoard your water, put your pony, you put your pennies in it and do what you got to do. Yes. Wow. That's, <laughs> that's really something. Um, I'll have to look into this fellow after we hang up today. I, I appreciate yeah. that. And now I know what to do with, you know, some, some fluid money I have going around. I'm just kidding. I'm a teacher. There's no fluid money guys, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, all right, we are coming up at the end of our time together, but I wanted to make sure that we left you some self-promotion time. Not that you need it again. You know, if you look up Michael Hawkins on, on LinkedIn, he needs no self-promo. This kid has made it. It's incredible. <laughs> so proud to know you. Um, oh, but thank you. Self-promo time. Tell us, tell us what you want to tell us. So uh, basically, you know, like, like I said, I talked about give first and give frequently, give often. I give a lot of advice to people um, yeah, on social media. People can look me up on Instagram, I'm trying to build something there. M.W. Hawkins. Uh, I have a lot of people that reach out to me and ask me either how to get into the industry, how to start a business or, or how to do things like that in general. And I'm always giving advice. You know, I have two consultations basically this week, and that's part of my give first mantra. Um, I'm trying to help the next generation, people up and coming. Uh, get into the industry because there's so much I've learned from observation, from actually being in the trenches, from I've started out at the lowest point and gotten up to, you know, a moderate point here. And, and I've seen everything and I've seen it from different perspectives. You know, I've seen it as a federal employee. I worked as a GS-13 federal employee and then I worked as a, you know, defense contractor. Then I worked as a startup entrepreneur. Um, so, you know, if, if somebody really wants to reach out to me, that's probably the best thing. That's the best way to do it is, you know, I've, okay. I've, willing to give any kind of advice whatsoever um you know instagram or linkedin like you said you can look at michael w hawkins in the allentown area on linkedin or mw hawkins on instagram wonderful well thank you and thank you for all of that knowledge that you do so freely share i know how valuable that is uh, as well as your time which is it, I, and thank you for coming on here today i really do truly oh, no appreciate you. it and i i have a feeling that you will be contacted by one of our uh, past guests uh Ed Friedman, who is doing some school-related security, oh, okay. uh, uh, internet-based right now, and he is also a startup and a very good friend of mine. So uh, I have a feeling you might get you might get poked. So if Ed Friedman co- comes across your names, uh, do do say hello. Um, By all means. But thank Absolutely. you again for everything today, Mike, and uh, for all of your advice and and multi-factor authentication for all of our listeners out there. Um, And we will wrap up with that with Michael Hawkins of Netizen today. And thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And we're back. Okay, I'm back. You're still stuck with just Marissa for today. I wanted to make sure that we covered a few other favorite things before we hung up today. And one of the things that I wanted to do was make a book recommendation for the week. And I am breaking um, 
breaking form a little bit here today because the book I wanted to recommend is actually one that I haven't read. And I know while other people have done that on this show before, I have personally recommended books that I have read previously. But today I have discovered this book that I'm so excited to read. And you can maybe read it along with me if you'd like to get your own copy. But it's called I'll Show Myself Out, an essay or essays on midlife and motherhood by Jesse Klein. And it is supposed to be laugh out loud funny. And it I think it only got released maybe a few weeks ago, but the blurbs I have read from it are just so incredibly relatable. Uh, having had my daughter at the geriatric age, as I was reminded regularly in the hospital of uh, 35, nope, 36. Nope, I was 36 by the time she was born. So properly, properly elderly. And uh, I'm just, I'm really looking forward to reading this book. So again, that was I'll Show Myself Out by Jesse Klein, and it is available on Amazon. I haven't read it yet, but I have a copy and I can't wait to pick it up. It's also available on audiobook. Uh, Other things I wanted to chat with a little bit today or chat about a little bit today are what I kind of hinted at when we were just doing this interview with Michael. I encourage people to get out there. Uh, This has been a recurring conversation that I've had in the last few weeks. And, you know, I hope it doesn't sound soapboxy. But as as I hinted at in that conversation, the question I've been asked more than anything lately is how do you find people to connect with? And I think I've brought this up on the show before where I have just talked about, you know, putting yourself out there and being true to yourself and, and just finding your crew. And how do you do that? And, you know, I have to say that social media is a huge part of that. And I, you know, my tips and tricks aren't many and I'm answering this question you know, just because it's been asked to me so many times, is like, how are you finding people? You know, it starts with a simple search, a group search on Facebook for the area that I live in and just see what groups are out and about you. Is it a mom's group? Is it a parent's group? Is it a playground group? Is it a fitness group? Is it the 20s and 30s social network of Charleston? And you just kind of sit on there and wait till people post uh, that sound interesting to you, or you really put yourself out there and post a picture of yourself and your husband and your child and say, Hey, here's what we like. Here's what we're looking for. And kind of turn it into a, uh, almost a dating profile is really what it sounds like when you kind of start selling yourself on the internet a little bit. Um, but you know, that is what I did and it has led to some beautiful relationships and I do encourage you just to kind of put yourself out there. I would love to hear from you. I really and truly appreciate the growing network of listeners that we have going with this podcast. And I would love to hear from you personally. I have many relationships that I'll never meet the people in real life, but I have great conversations with the folks who, you know, just want to comment and share something going on in their day or exchange a, a funny baby photo or uh, uh, some relatable story. It's it's great. And I really hope that, you know, with our recent move that I'll be able to keep the relationships that I had up in New York alive uh, through the use of all of this technology that's at our fingertips. So reach out, say something to me. I would love to hear from you. I love to know who our listeners are. And I guess that brings me to the question of the week. And my question of the week is so kind of silly, but I am truly curious to hear your answers. And that is what's your favorite flavor of ice cream? This is coming from uh, an experience that I had this week. We're going out 
for, well, it started with, I posted on uh, a neighborhood channel, you know, where is the best place to get ice cream around my new home? And there were various responses. And of course, I will, you know, methodically check all of them off to find out who truly is the best. But I was able to go out with my aunt and uncle and my family uh, the other day to ye old fashioned ice cream shop here in Charleston, South Carolina. And they had a flavor that, you know, there's something that you hunt for your entire life. They, They had it. I, as a child, had bubblegum ice cream as a kid. And it's not just that it's bubblegum flavor. It had chiclets in it. And I was a kid who had braces for eight years. Gum was basically a forbidden treat. And very shortly after I had gotten them off, or maybe I still had them and I just ate it kind of secretly, I discovered this bubblegum ice cream with real chiclets in it. Now, maybe that sounds gross to you. It was not gross at all. And I have looked for bubblegum ice cream from, oh my goodness, everywhere I've been in the last 20 to 30 years. And I've never found it like this again. It was at a mom and pop shop somewhere near Middletown, New York. Uh, I think it was called Blue Hill, something like that. And I only got it once when I was visiting my grandmother and it was bubblegum ice cream with chiclets. Well, lo and behold, here in my new hometown of Charleston, South Carolina, I walk in and there is bubblegum ice cream with chiclets. I was over the moon excited and it lived up to every sense memory that I had. It's hot pink color to its you know, oddly slightly frozen gum pieces and how you have to kind of eat around them at the end. So you have a big wad of chiclet gum at the end. Uh, you know, and then it raises the question, do you swallow the gum? Do you spit it out? Is it then like a watermelon seed spitting contest because you've got little tiny chiclet pieces? I, you know, I'll be honest, I ate them, but that's just me. I don't know what you would do in my situation, but that does raise my question. You know, that's it. What's your favorite ice cream? I'd love to hear about it. And that's how I'm going to end up wrapping up this show today. I'm probably off to go get an ice cream cone myself with my daughter before the day is over. I hope that you have a wonderful rest of your Monday and I appreciate you listening today. I hope to hear from some new folks on social media, whether it is on our Facebook page or our Instagram. And we will be coming to you probably live this week. Uh, assuming that Emily has her voice back because we will be meeting in person in Baltimore at the end of the week for a uh, networking event with some of the urban school districts from around the country. So hopefully we'll maybe even be able to put out some video content for you by the end of the week or earlier next week. And with that, I hope you have a wonderful day. Thank you for joining us today. Take a deep breath. Remember, we, the education and parent community, work better together. We innovate better together, and we don't need to be in the same physical space to do it. We are online and inspired, and we are so delighted that you have decided to listen in today. You can find us working to live our best lives online via our Facebook and Instagram pages. Search for online and inspired, where you can also find our personal handles and, of course, plenty of baby pictures. And if you are looking for a position in online learning, please check out our website at www.teleteachers.com slash join.html and follow Teleteachers on Facebook or Instagram. Stay connected, stay inspired, and we'll see you next week.